but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. All right, it's so good that we get to be together, even if it is virtual. Welcome to CCC. My name's Todd, and I'm one of our pastors here, and it is a real privilege to be able to preach this weekend, especially because this is my last weekend here at CCC in Hudson. And, you know, Jillian and I were really hoping that we would be able to be here with you in person on our last weekend, but we can't. And so it goes in 2020, just keeps bringing the joy. But listen, Jillian and I just want to say uh, how excited we are about going to Aurora and yet how sad we are about leaving you. Uh, we want you to know that uh, there are so many individuals that come to mind when we think of this place that we are so grateful for, indebted to. And I think your impact on us is immeasurable. And we want you to know that, but we also want you to know that uh, it's because of your impact that we feel like we can go to Aurora, that we're prepared to go to Aurora. And also we feel like we're not leaving, but we feel like you all are sending us. And that is a wonderful thing. I also just want to say to Pastor Joe and uh, many of the staff, Joe especially, thank you. Thank you so much for the, the chance that you took on me, um, for all the opportunities that you've given me. And I want you to know that I am the pastor I am because of what you've taught me and what you've modeled to me, and uh, I'm indebted to you. So thank you. We want everyone to know this, though, too, that we feel very inadequate for the task that uh, is coming to us as we move to Aurora, but we know someone who is adequate. It is God that will work in and through us, and so we go uh, with, not with our own confidence, but we go with the confidence of Christ and what he's done for us. And so would you please pray for our family as we make this transition so we are now in the last week in the series that we are going through in the book of Acts called Rhythms of the Church. And if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, the Bible is divided up into 66 books, and the books have all different genres of literature. Now, the book of Acts is very unique from a lot of other books in the New Testament because Acts is a, an historical narrative about how the church began and how it multiplied and spread. And so we've been in this series for eight weeks trying to show you how the rhythm of the church goes. And my job for this last point in the series is to help you understand what we're supposed to do now after we've gone through the book of Acts. So I like to read. Uh, but my wife, Jillian, she loves to read, and she will devour books. I mean, she will go through them very quickly, but she gets so into books sometimes that she almost feels like she is in the story. And, and every once in a while, she'll read a super relatable book that has a tragic ending. And it's really interesting because I'll look at her, and she's actually visibly 
hurt. She's down because of the book she just read. And I'll say, what's going on? And she'll explain the book to me and what happened in the book. And oftentimes I'll have to tell Jillian, like, remember, this didn't happen to you or anybody you know. This was a, a fictional book. But I understand why she's like that, because every good book makes you feel like you're in the story. It makes you feel a part of the story. And, and the book of Acts is actually a very unique book because not only does the book of Acts really invite you into the story, but it also calls you to continue the story. So we're going to go back to the beginning of the book of Acts and look at the vision statement that Jesus gave us for the book of Acts found in Acts 1.8. Lynn Mosier read it really well, but I'm going to read it one more time for us. And here's what it says. Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. In this passage, what you see is you see everything that you need to know about the rhythm of the church. It's packed full. And so what I want to do is help us understand all that's involved in the rhythm of the church and how you can and should be a part of the whole story. So there's three points I want to discuss out of this passage. First is the pattern of the church, then the power of the church, and then the people of the church. So first, the pattern of the church. Now, if you read the vision statement in Acts 1.8, and then you read the whole rest of the book of Acts, what you realize very quickly is the vision was not accomplished in the book of Acts. There's still more to be done. Now remember what the pattern was, that, that we would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, which at the time was right where they were at, and then in Judea and in Samaria, which were right out the regions right next door to Jerusalem, and then to the end of the earth. Now, when you read the 28 chapters in the book of Acts, what you realize is that certainly they were witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and they even made it all the way to Rome, which was a long way away from Jerusalem. But they certainly did not make, take Christianity in the church to the end of the earth. There was still more to be done. And what I want us to know today is this, that Acts doesn't give us the full story of the church, but instead it gives us a lot of the story and then it lays out the pattern for what it was going to look like from then on. So if there's anything that you get about this series is this, is as powerful as the 28 chapters in Acts really are, they do not describe the whole story of the church because we're, we're still living in it now. And God is calling you to be a part of that story and to continue that story. And this pattern that we find is actually why we at CCC, with our reimagined vision, have the goals that we do. So if you remember our goals, that everyone within a 10-mile radius would have a Christian friend, that we would plant a whole bunch of churches in Northeast Ohio, and that we would give and support global missions all around the world. And those are the goals, but we didn't come up with those goals. Those goals are right from the pattern that's laid out for us in the book of Acts. 
And, and I want to just say something real quick. I think some people might not love the goals. I'm not sure if you do or not, but if you don't like the goals, then you may actually not be familiar with your own story. Because think about it. If you're watching today and you're a Christian, I want you to know something. There are three things that are true about you. Number one, you at one point had a Christian friend or family member that loved you enough to share Jesus with you. At one point, you are here because someone or a group of people decided to plant a church where you could really grow. You are here, number three, because global missions was so important to Christians for so long that Christianity made it all the way to this country a long time ago so that you could grow up and hear about the gospel. See, what you need to know is these goals are, are, have been a part of your story all along, and they need to be a part of everyone's story moving forward because that's what we hear and that's what the pattern is laid out in the book of Acts. There's a, a man that I know that, is a, that was a pastor at a church in the area. It was a very large church. It was a church that was uh, very successful. It was thriving. It was gospel-centered. He was working under great leadership, and he was an associate pastor. And everything was really good for this man. But then he, he looked at the book of Acts and he was compelled by the pattern of the church to go and plant a church in a little place called Hudson, Ohio. Well, that man uh, was Jim College and that church is this one. In 1981, Jim College planted this church and there are some of you, there are some of you that are Christians today. Jesus has transformed your life because this church exists. That is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But I want to tell you this, this too. There's another story that goes along with that story, that in 1981, there was a baby born who had no clue that his life would be forever changed by Jesus through that same church. That baby is this big baby. That's me. And so many of you, we could probably tell story after story of people whose lives have been transformed by Jesus through the ministry of this church. And all of it is because guys like Jim College and, and, and Pastor Joe and so many men and women just like you wholeheartedly believed that Acts 28 was not the end of the story of the church, that Jesus was not finished yet. And he is not finished yet. It's the same reason why someone like me would leave a great job here at this church. I love doing ministry here. Um, I love the people here, everything about it. It's why I would leave this place to go help a campus in Aurora move to an autonomous church. What compels me is the pattern of the church what compels me is the idea that there might be a baby being born right now in Aurora who has no clue that her life would be forever changed at a little church in Aurora because of Jesus. And all glory, all honor goes to Jesus. But that's the pattern of the church. We must follow the pattern. But number two, 
is the power of the church. So please know this, we must follow the pattern of the church, but it will not work and it is nothing without the power of the church. Um, listen, the movement of the church has never ever been powered by a person or a group of people in their own will. It's always been powered by the Spirit of God and only the Spirit of God. So let's look back again at Acts 1.8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The prerequisite for us to be witnesses and to spread Christianity through Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and Hudson and Aurora in Cleveland, the prerequisite to that is that we will receive power. We will receive power. Now, the power comes from the Holy Spirit, but I want us to see something really interesting in this passage. If you go back to chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, uh, listen, to what, listen to what it says in verses 1 and 2. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. All right, so the book of Acts is written by a guy named Luke. He was actually a doctor. Luke also wrote the Gospel of Luke. And if you know anything about the Gospel of Luke, Gospel of Luke outlined the birth, the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, which is everything we need to know about the gospel and how that changes us. But what he starts with in this book is he says, he says that in the first book, he dealt with all that he began to do and teach. What Luke is suggesting is that the book of Acts is actually a continuation of all that Jesus wanted to do here on this earth. But there's a problem. Just a few verses later, Jesus leaves. Jesus ascends into heaven. So the question is, how can Jesus' work continue on earth when he's gone? And the answer is the Holy Spirit. And that's what's found right in Acts 1.8. But the question is, how does that work? Well, listen, it's actually because Jesus leaves the earth that his Holy Spirit now comes down to us. And Jesus actually told us this. He kind of prepped us with this in John 16, verse 7. It says, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Right, so what you see in the first part of Acts is that Jesus ascends into heaven and, and he doesn't ascend into heaven because he's sick of us or he wants to get away from us. He ascends into heaven because once he does, that is what will prompt him sending the helper or the Holy Spirit into the lives of all of his disciples. It's really an amazing thing because what you see is because he leaves, there's more power 
here on earth, and it's inside the lives of those who are Christians. That means that Jesus isn't gone. He's actually everywhere because he lives and works in and through the lives of his followers. And that is the same power that has brought Christianity from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. Now listen, uh, that power is sometimes something that's hard to grasp. So you may be watching this today and you may be thinking, um, I don't sense that power in my life right now. And I get that. I get that that could be you. Sometimes it's me. But I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is given to everyone who places their faith in Jesus, but it also must be tapped into. Right? So one of the things you see throughout the book of Acts is that you see the Holy Spirit seem to have some of the most powerful work through two avenues. The first is that the Holy Spirit seemed to come in power when believers were gathered together, when Christians were together. Whether it was three or whether it was 3,000, there was power in the gathering. And then the second one is that there seemed to be power when the truth of God's word, when the truth of the gospel was declared. So listen, these two things, when God's people gather and when God's word is opened, the Holy Spirit moves in power. So if you're someone here today that, that is watching, you might be saying, I don't feel that power. Then I would ask you two questions. I would ask you, are you gathering with God's people, even if it's virtually? And are you in God's word? Because those are the two ways I think you see all throughout Acts that God's spirit seems to work most powerfully through. Listen, I, uh, I was on my way home from college way back a long time ago when I was in college. And I, I went to school in Chicago and I was on the Ohio Turnpike coming home. And I'm the kind of guy on a road trip where I just can't wait to get to where I'm going. It's all about the destination, right? And so I want to make as few stops as possible so I can get to where I'm going. And at one point I looked down at my, and my gas tank was on a, about a quarter quarter tank. And I looked up and I saw a sign that said there was an exit to get gas. But right below the sign, it said 33 miles till the next exit. And I looked at my gas tank, quarter tank, looked at my, the sign that said 33 miles. And I said, I got this. I'm all over this. And so I breeze, remember I was a college student. I breeze by the exit as fast as I can. And I'm on my way and I'm doing fine and I'm making it. And I'm getting close to the 33 mile mark. And all of a sudden my car sputters and it sputters and sputters. I pull over, I slow down and I stop. I was completely out of gas. And the ironic part is that I stopped right in front of the sign that said one mile till the next gas station. I couldn't believe it. But actually looking back, I can believe it, right? because I was missing the very thing I needed for my car to go, the fuel. And, and listen, what I was doing is I was so concerned about getting to my destination that I failed to actually get what I needed for my car to have the power to get there. Now listen, when it comes to this reimagined vision here at CCC, 
I want you to know something. We have to be careful that we are not so focused on where we're trying to get that we neglect getting the very power that we need in order to get there. Let's be careful about that. So that's the pattern of the church by the power of the church. And the last one is that it happens through the people of the church. So let's look back at the same verse again, Acts 1.8. It says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, who is Jesus talking to here? He's talking to his disciples, right? The ones who would be the, the, the ones to start the church. But remember what I said in the beginning that we are called not just to to enter into the story of the book of Acts, but to continue the story because the vision to the ends of the earth is not complete yet and it won't be until Jesus returns. And so he's not just talking to disciples, he's talking to all those disciples who would come after him. He's talking to you, he's talking to me. But, but I know if you're like me, you might be thinking, no, 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 not, not me. He couldn't use me. I, I, I don't have what it takes. I mean, I don't think you understand. The disciples were like the chosen, you know, dream team that Jesus uh, had to start the church. And, you know, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home and I don't know the Bible super well. And, you know, you, you'd be a little disgusted if you knew some of the stuff I've done in the past. So I want you to know these disciples, these first disciples were some of the least likely people to start a movement like Christianity that would change the world forever and is still changing the world. And that's, that's because of this. It was never about the people. It was always about the power of God working through the people. Now, I, uh, I actually have this, this great book that I read to my kids. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. And it's a great resource. If you have kids, you should pick it up. It's so good. And the other night I was reading to my daughter, Kenzie, and I was reading the story in this book about Jesus calling his first disciples. And I was so struck by the wording that I had to share it with you as we close. Jesus is calling his disciples, and this is what it says. Who would make good helpers, do you think? Clever ones, rich ones, strong, important ones? Some people might think so, but I'm sure by now you don't need me to tell you they'd be wrong. Because the people God uses don't have to know a lot of things or have a lot of things. They just have to need him a lot. Let me say that last line again. The people God uses don't have to know a lot of things or have a lot of things, but they just have to need him a lot. I want you to know that God uses people who need him. Are you someone who feels weak? Fine. His power is made perfect in weakness. Do, do you feel maybe like you're uneducated? So were the disciples. Are you anxious and nervous? So am I. Going to Aurora sounds pretty daunting. Are you, are you someone who feels like you're inadequate? Join the club. 
But listen, God doesn't need any of those things. All he needs you to do is need him and be available and willing to have his power work in and through your life to keep the church moving forward. We've got to follow the pattern of the church laid out in Acts, but we have to do it by the power of the church, the Holy Spirit, through the people of the church. Let's do this.